Next, we have James Rink, host of Super Soldier Talk. So, James has been at this, how many years, Super Soldier Talk? How many years? Uh, well, the name originated in 2010, but um, I've, uh, I, the first video I did was in 2008. Wow, so, so 12 years he's been covering this topic, um, and it's primarily uh, secret space program related, and uh, just the fact that he's been censored and almost banned off of YouTube and other platforms tells you that there's something to this content, because if it wasn't real, they wouldn't have no reason to censor this information. Uh, but, yeah, he's been at it for a really long time. I'm excited to see what he's going to get into. I'm sure he's going to talk about his book here, which uh, I recommend you guys get in Lone Wolf. Uh, so, enjoy the show, and that's it. <laughs> well, hello, everybody. Thank you for coming out here today. Uh, just a quick show of hands. How many people are familiar with Super Soldier Talk? Okay, yeah, that's probably about 85% uh, of you. Thank you. Um, well, um, so the rest of you, uh, and really everybody here, you're going to have a nice treat because um, I'm going to present some information I do not usually discuss on the show. And a lot of it is because um, it's pretty traumatic to go into it. Um, I know these words up here may look like this is like sci-fi and super fancy, the words ultra, um, but it's nothing, nothing wonderful about any of this. But um, ultra is a type of super soldier, we're going to go into that. Milabs stand for military abductions. That's technically what we knew this program to be called when I first started doing this. Um, a milab technically would be back in the day when, when I began the, this type of research, was a military abduction that would abduct a contactee that was being abducted by aliens, and the uh, military would abduct them to extract information what was going on with the aliens. But um, since then, we've learned that it also encompasses a whole other aspect of this whole program where there are actually humans um, taking people into outer space, and there's a whole program, like run, um, breakaway civilizations that need a lot of personnel. So if you want to learn more about the different uh, um, military contractors out there and programs, I recommend you watch SSP 101. And because, as um, Tyler was saying earlier, I have been censored on YouTube. I was probably only a few hours away of losing my YouTube channel, and I had to purge about three years' worth of content, anything, the word Coco, <laughs> I call it Coco. But um, that, apparently there's still... Um, yeah, I'm still getting strikes. Um, I got a strike for a video that um, this um, lady from Texas, she had dreams about Jeffrey Epstein still being alive, and he was working with the Mossad. Uh, YouTube branded that um, video as um, online bullying and harassment. So um, then I had another video that got a strike. Uh, this lady, she had a lot of dreams that the people that got the Jabiru might be dying. And uh, that was uh, branded medical misinformation. And the last, um, and then I got it, uh, like within the next day or two days later, um, it was a video I did with Kusal Uch, and he was channeling an AI from 5.1 million years in the future, well, maybe it was 4 million, some four, four to 5 million years in the future, that wanted a, a, t a timeline where everyone got vaccinated, so that way they would all be entangled with AI. 
and he was promoting the vaccines, and uh, YouTube branded that video as medical misinformation, and I had probably like 10 videos of Kusal, and once they gave me the first strike on that one, I realized everything needed to go. So I quickly, I moved everything over to Rumble, and I didn't lose anything on, um, yeah, the content. Um, unfortunately, uh, I, I, I don't really like the interface on Rumble, but um, if you go there, um, that's the best place to go. Look for SSP 101 with uh, Johan Fritz and uh, myself. So that's a three-hour presentation. Um, so let's go ahead and begin with this. And uh, I have a disclaimer here because, uh, first of all, some of this information can be triggering. Um, it can also be very upsetting. I'm going to go ahead and present to you what... Um, basically how they create super soldiers, so that, that information in particular might be upsetting. But some of this information is also through remote viewing and regression means, so there could be some level of ego um, filtering that might uh, affect some of the information. Like, for instance, one of the underground dumbs I was taken to, um, according to the regression that I had, was Forlock for Underground. And uh, reaching out to Peter, the insider of ACI, who has contacts with ACIO database, um, it's actually Warlock Underground, and it's a underground dumb um, due west of uh, Oregon under the ocean. And they, uh, they, they work with mermaid, mermaids, mermans, mermaids, and uh, other aquatic life forms down there. But um, uh, we'll, 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 we'll see if we'll have time to go into Project Crystal Gates in just a bit. So um, my records, ACIO records, reveal that I have spent 330 years um, in these career return programs. Not all of it was in outer space. Spent some time in Montauk, um, uh, roughly about 30 years in Montauk, but uh, so, so different paralleled live tracks and so on. I'm gonna do the best I can to try to explain all this as we get um, these different um, programs going on here. So I was uh, an ancient super soldier. Uh, it, it appears that uh, my higher self, even though I'm here right now as James Rink, my higher self is the same person as uh, the demigod Perseus of Atlantis. I was a general then, and uh, Medusa didn't have snakes in her hair. She was a tyrant queen, and she needed to go. So, um, but um, I w we're going to go a little bit more into the, some of the ancient super soldiers and how some of these people from w what I refer to as the Atlans came here to help humanity. Um, Ultra Soldier is just a, one of these aspects of um, had to do with the Project Paperclip side of uh, the Super Soldier alignment programs. We're going to go into that just a bit under surrogate name recovery. Um, ACIO records reveal that uh, my name was James Martin Rilsberg when I died in uh, Persia in 1979, and my body was reanimated, and uh, that body apparently is an underground dumb for the Five Star Corporation under uh, Sandia National Labs, and um, I've got some drawings on what, what, through remote viewing what that looks like. But um, they, from that, that, that uh, career track, they also splintered me off into um, using mirror memory printing technology through Project Surrogate into this body. Uh, so I had uh, two Purple Hearts and I also knew um, um, the, the guy, uh, the Shelby Mustang, the guy who came up with the Shelby, he actually um, gave me a Mustang back then. But anyway, um, and by the way, uh, if you want to learn more, because I don't have time to go into all this, but I have a lot of that, that information in my book, Lone Wolf, and um, so we can get a copy of that afterward. But Okay, so uh, I, was, I also spent some time in Abatava. We're going to go into Abatavas in just a bit. Um, Monarch, Montauk, uh, Centurion. Planet Centurion is a jungle world where they train super soldiers and the Jackson facility uh, due east of Jacksonville, Florida. Um, 
That one is, um, I believe, a part of the Dolphins uh, Super Soldier program. Um, some the records reveal allude to that I was uh, upper management at MCC in the early part of the Mars Colony Corporation under um, Derek Reinhold. Um, but um, I also have memories of being a slave on Mars. Um, we're going to go into a little bit about uh, Heinz Humberg and um, George Soros, and also Kissinger. They're uh, okay. We'll, we'll do that. I'll go into it just a bit, but navigate. I, I don't have much memories as a navigation manager, but um, I know there was a Draco that over, overshadowed us. And I uh, spent some time at Kruger, um, Lunar Operations Command, or, or Lunar Space Command, depending on which group you're associated with. Leek Sadaden, we're going to go into some of the information about Black Shield in uh, Antarctica, and the, which is also connected to um, the Hulk program at Umbrella. So um, the symbol that you're seeing there is the race of beings that I'm connected to. Um, some of these uh, so-called demigods came to this planet from another alternate reality to help raise the consciousness of humanity. I'm not here to necessarily brag and you know what happened, <laughs> but what I can say is that um, I volunteered to come here to help, and um, uh, it, yeah, the Draco, uh, um, the Draco approached our my family and asked for assistance with a black goo infection and I was one of five volunteers to go aboard the ship and um, immediately when we got into the vessel they gassed us and captured our souls and then they began to use us in what, what you would call the project surrogate where they would reanimate us over and over again for each lifetime so every time I die I don't go back through reincarnation they just put me in another body uh, another clone body um, so um, yeah, the, uh, my father's mothership is the size of North America, and they are currently at war with Nachtwaffen. So you can almost consider me like a Trojan horse. The goal was to insert us, um, and um, because of all of our abilities, we're a target to be abducted and utilized in these programs. But on the other hand, we're also sending information back to our star families. And there's probably, there's probably experiencers here that were also Trojan horses to these programs. Um, anyway, so ACIO records only go back 40,000 years, but um, I, I don't have the exact date of when that took place. But um, yeah, I already said that they gassed us. Okay, so let's go on to Project Surrogate. Uh, so um, that, that is my mother, but um, and, well, I, you know, I, I, it's not like I want to talk poorly about my family. That, you know, every, it was set up, but um, she, she, she did what she had to do to protect me the best way she could, but um, this is where things kind of get complicated because um, I, was, I was aware that I was project, through Project Surrogate through um, Michael Spindler, and Michael Spindler was a super soldier um, for the Soviet Union uh, that died, and he since re, uh, reincarnated back here in the U.S., but he had um, some remote viewing abilities. He was so talented of a remote viewer, not only gave me my address and my social security number, he gave me my AI systems product number and some of the projects that I'm going to go into, which was later confirmed by Peter the Insider as being accurate information. So that's partly how I, I, I pieced together this information, is I tried to get multiple sources as best I can. So, um, but. Under Project Surrogate, the, the goal was to insert us into a surrogated family in order to be raised as their own child. 
And the reason why they do this is that as compared to, say, keeping me in underground dumb under lock and key, um, I would not be as a strong or as effective super soldier in the end. So um, now going back to the um, um, where it says my re records are blacked out, um, I was working with another individual, Adam, and we're going to go into Adam just a bit, but Adam um, pulled up some files uh, um, through a remote viewing session that we did, and my date of birth was blacked out, and of course it's all tied into Project Surrogate and the name, name recovery. And the name recovery has to do with the, the Rillsburg aspect where they gave me a new name. I'm still trying to pull, that's the most, most information I can give you on that, I don't, I, I don't know anymore, but under surrogate, um, they uh, created my fetus at S4, and then, um, well, Dulce, I think it was Dulce, not S4, but uh, the batch of super soldier I was part of it was the Gen 5 embryo, and we're going to go into the different gens in just a bit. Um, my number was 320 of 720. Um, so that particular embryo was inserted into my mom, and then she, this is where things get kind of complicated. I'm still trying to put the pieces of this together. That's why um, this part of the presentation, I want to say that I'm still working on verifying all this, but because I don't r remember it. I mean, this is going back. I mean, the earliest memory I had was when I was three years old. So, But it, appear, it, it appears that around the age of three, my mom's baby was changed, was um, caught. Um, I was created in a lab using mirror mimicry printing technology where they uh, cloned the tissue to look just like the baby boy that my mom had, and I was inserted. But um, we're going to get into more about how that, about that in just a bit. But um, the Draco Mantis combined their databases of bloodlines and selected my mom because she was connected really closer to the Mantis database. But... Um, um, a powerful healer and seer in Roman times. Mother was a mantis hybrid um, cyborg, and um, you know, they, this mantis was using her to feed on me um, throughout. You know, a lot of the star seeds um, were asserted in these programs have grown up in families that were somewhat traumatic, and, and, my, and, and that's the, the goal is to keep us beaten down so we don't recover our memories. No, I, I'm not upset at my mom. I'm, she was just doing what she was programmed to do, and that's what happens in this MK Ultra type stuff. But um, I was also, we're going to go into Project Abandonment, and the reason why I, um, it, it didn't really affect me as much as it did her. But okay, so the uh, first gen, um, I'm sorry, the, five, the gen 5 started, they started engineering zone 73. And as you can see, uh, for, for, my, uh, for this batch, they used fish DNA from Project Seagate, crocodile DNA to enhance sensory inputs and uh, Nazis, um, the original Nazi Hitler SS race. Um, and by the way, I have a lot of black friends, Jew friends. I'm not racist at all. So um, whatever they thought, they were, it didn't work. But um, so yeah, that shows you my age. And uh, this is um, information from Michael Spindler. And I, do, I think he might have committed suicide by now, but I can't, can't get a hold of him anymore. But my embryo was a Gen 5 biomechanical superhuman in the Alpha Attack Group Branch of Ortega team, Alpha Squad um, 54363 was my call name. Uh, well, 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 the Alpha Wolf, but um, uh, 5 stands for Gen 5 unit number 4363, and there's an AS systems tech number. And uh, they have different clone numbers too. Well, well, I'm pretty sure I put information about Cybus and Arbus in here later, but some more information that came up in the original. Um, file as channeled by Michael Spindler. Some of the programs using assassination, crowd displacement, remote viewing, telekinetic warfare, 
um, my mission success rate, 91%, 91.2%. And also uh, Project Mayhem of the Monarch Program. Mayhem has to do with activating sleeper super soldiers in the event of a New World Order scenario. Um, but I don't really think any of that stuff took hold, or if it did, it, <laughs> that's why they put me into abandonment program. Uh, so we're going to try to go through this as fast as we can. There's a lot of content here. but So this right here is the purest definition of a super soldier. So um, they're created from the, by uh, different, could be private military or the armed forces or off-world, even extraterrestrial races. Uh, so they like to use individuals who have enhanced psionic abilities, and uh, they're given either steroids or different type of cybernetic augmentations. And um, they're considered more advanced, intelligent, and uh, developed uh, using assistance with extraterrestrials. And so unlike a Manchurian candidate, a super soldier would be used over and over again on missions. And if they died, the technologies would be used to recuperate them, uh, such as a regen tank and um, so on. Okay, so um, according to the ACIO uh, solid sources, that super soldiers started to appear here about 6,000 years ago. We're going to go into some of the ancient super soldiers in just a bit, um, probably, probably through Montauk and time travel experiments and other mirror realities. And incidentally, um, it appears a lot of this is connected to Sumerian-type um, um, groups. Certain, um, if you find, <laughs> sorry, if you find the Sumerian artifacts, but there are there might be spells or sigils attached to them, which can open up entities and portals to entities, which are apparently are real. Um, so they're used by both good and bad sides. Uh, they're trained to do psychic, telekinetic, or combat warfare. Uh, typically, sort of dark cabal, um, and unlike, uh, yeah. So see so where we're going here. Super soldiers use over and over again, and uh, they're genetically engineered from birth. Um, there are almost four million sleeper super soldiers worldwide. Most don't know that they are one. About one out of every 2,000 people are sleeper SS or MILABs. You can tell someone is a super soldier by looking in their eyes. Typically, they have been exposed to extreme trauma and suffer from PTSD-like symptoms. Uh, the elites would use these super soldiers for mercenary groups, like uh, for missions, and uh, they're, they're making money, but they don't pay any of us. Um, they like to, they would erase our memories afterward. Um, some people have naturally evolved gifts of being psychic, telekinetic, um, you know, levitation, super strength, but uh, the MEIC, uh, the military industrial extraterrestrial complex, can locate these people through trauma and pose altars where they can access their suppressed memories. Uh, they can also, they have looking glass technology where they can look into their future or their past to see if they're a person of interest. Um, all right, let's move on. So um, we already, I mean, you probably are aware if you're in this audience what a career return program is, but if you're not, what they would typically do is they would pull you out of time, they would take the abductee, typically around maybe the age, um, it could some, somewhere between seven, maybe nine years old, and um, send them off world. Typically, the, f the first location would be it could be some kind of MK Ultra training program, th like through Monarch or Montauk here on planet Earth, or they may go to the Mars Academy, um, like uh, William explained in uh, with the HET material. But uh, he went to Mars Academy, where um, every week he was given scans by um, some kind of computer to, to measure his whatever his astral body looked like. And at the end of his service, they took all these weekly scans and used it to age regress him. 
and then they would time travel and send them back. Or if it was a clone body, the clone would expire and they would send the original body, which was in stasis, usually kept on the moon, back to Earth. And the memories would be wiped. Um, so that's why there's a lot of uh, bleed through of memories and it can be really kind of confusing, especially if you're still active. And I think probably many of us here are probably still active. Now to actually get a hold of them, the footage of them actually coming, you need a camera that does 40,000 frames per second. But um, I suppose if you had the money and the time to go through all these frames, you probably, uh, they'll probably figure out a way to um, uh, get, a, uh, get around that technology. So uh, they're always um, trying to improve their methods. So we already gone over mentoring candidates. There's uh, basically uh, sacrificial lambs, and we know, we know what a mill lab is. But um, MK stands for mind control. And um, well, the German word, and I'm probably still not pronouncing it properly in, in, in the, the German form, but it's, um, that's going to be tied into Project Paperclip. We're going to get into that a bit. And Ultra is just a sub-project uh, project of the... Uh, Project Paperclip. So it's just one type of super soldier um, related to Ultra Secret. Mark Ultra is another name they go by. So um, here's a uh, 30 to $100 million per clone body. Uh, so if you have many units, it could be very expensive. Each avatar, oh, okay, I got the numbers wrong, but one to $1.2 to $7 million per clone body. My apologies, but uh, some programs can go up to the billions, depending on how much cybernetics they want to do, whether they're you know, working um, Johan Fritz mentioned Project Wall Rider earlier, but uh, which is trying to create a group consciousness of super soldiers. So, um, yeah, and money is really no object to these people because um, there is uh, intergalactic slave trade, human trafficking, and even here on planet Earth, um, there's these uh, uh, role programs from the Federal Reserve where they can just issue as much money as they want. Um, there's absolutely no reason why we should have poverty on this planet, but um, it is what it is. Um, as you can see, uh, it's very expensive to run these programs of all the different, ex you can see the operational costs, freight, um, freight costs, space cruisers, scientists, engineer salaries. Um, they probably don't pay them either. They probably do the 20 here and back, but food, weapon systems, and upgrade costs. And also, the most expensive component, if, if an underground dumb ever got invaded, usually the first thing they go for is the, are the trip seats, which are um, usually tons of gold and platinum. <laughs> so they're about 17 to $30 million a piece. We're going to go into some of the trip seat technology and altercations and um, protocols in just a bit. So here's type one, a sacrificial lamb. And we also, I mentioned uh, Project Paperclip under Ultra. So that's where the Gen um, 1 through, and I think they're on Gen 11 now, if I'm not mistaken. And each Gen is about um, every 10 years or so. Um, so the new ones will be all prototypes, not necessarily active. But uh, so it's a fourth Reich. And Fourth Reich are the, the Nazis that were brought to the United States um, for, um, to continue on their experiments as compared to the uh, Fifth Reich that went to Antarctica and Mars. Uh, the Third Reich was obviously uh, Germany itself, which, you know, we don't know what happened there. But, okay, so these ultra-soldiers were, um, they, can use, they can even use animals to make an ultra-soldier. The CIA, DARPA, private corporations are, have access uh, they are rather unstable and unreliable in their programming and known to uh, basically revolt. <laughs> Subjects can be augmented with wires, implants, steroids, and nano, pico, or femto injections. They can also download consciousness between bodies using trip seat alterations. And I guess that would probably be with the uh, regen tanks. 
but there were many problems. Um, they look norm. They look like normal humans, but they can switch. Um, with um, and that I think had to do with a lot of these MK Ultra C projects. We're going to go into that bit, but becoming a mindless robot unless they rebel. And then when the next type is the uh, light, uh, light soldiers uh, made by the Fourth Reich. Um, they're the same as Ultra, but they don't have the same instability issues because of long-term scientific research on DNA. They are from our reality and can do everything leaks out and do, can do. So again, that's another the Fourth Reich, the Project Paperclip. Um, Kruger is a Nazi military contractor from an alternate reality in which the Nazis won World War II. Gabriel, founded by Gabriel Kruger, but um, Kruger has uh, facilities. Um, I'm pretty sure they might have a, a dumb here on planet Earth, but uh, typically it's the LOC and on Mars. But um, the uh, the recruiting arm is over at LOC. But uh, Kruger runners are individuals who are known to be able to stop time. They can uh, run around walls and have full of telekinetic uh, levitation type abilities. And then um, some of them might have something called uh, gun kata abilities, where you have a gun in both hands and one eye, both eyes can track and shoot. And so they can program these super soldiers to do these abilities. But um, and I, Kruger is really all up for Kruger. I mean, uh, I would say maybe of the of the groups, Kruger is probably the least negative of them all. But um, um, typically you could still cross Kruger and uh, get on their bad side, and you don't want to be at that spot either, and I have done work for Kruger, but um, Leeksladen are made in a dumb in Antarctica uh, called um, Black Shield, and um, it is a, uh, no, I think we're going to go into uh, the Black Shield and just, you know, let's just wait till we get to that, but, but as far as Leeksadon is concerned, they're basically these uh, hybrids that are created to be sent off-world, typically. Um, they use the original Atlantean DNA, where these humanoids um, are about 12 foot tall, depending on if male or female. Um, there is a dumb at the bottom of the Atlantic that survived the fall of Atlantis, and there's about 300 million people that live down there um, in a dome at the bottom of the sea. And uh, they have, of course, they've got the original 12-strand DNA humanoid, so some of these beings uh, can live up to 100 and, I think, 120,000 years or 150,000 years. So that's why in my notes here, yeah, they, they quickly can grow them in a lab in about 10 to 20 days, and after that they don't age. Um, so, but I know this picture looks more humanoid. Some of these Lixaladen could have wings. They could be all sorts of bizarre hybrids because they're typically used off-world. And then that, that also goes with the Hulk program, but we'll go into that bit. Of course, uh, ETs need a lot of super soldiers. Um, there's some people I've um, interviewed over the years that worked with the Galactic Federation of Light. Apparently, they have their own groups too, and honestly, I don't think they even treat them all that well. They, they, they're doing the same thing, mind-wiping them and sending them back. So... The only groups I really, I guess maybe like the, the Andromedian, um, Andromedans were, they're more like pacifists, and there was an incident where some children were abducted by the cabal, and Andromedan children brought into a dumb, and uh, since they're pacifists, they had to recruit the mercenary groups, the super soldiers, and I was tasked on a team to rescue um, one of these children. But, um, yeah, but, but there are, yeah, so... If there's a problem out there, you're going to have a super soldier. So that's unfortunately, you know, most people out there, you know, 95% of the, of the galaxy is mostly 
people just behaving themselves, but but the five percent could cause problems. And then we got the ancient super soldiers, as I mentioned earlier, connected to the Sumerian timelines, and it could even go back even further to Atlantis because a lot of that uh, that technology on this planet still exists in certain domes and underground bases, such as like Monarch. But um, yeah. Uh, some of these beings are protecting King Solomon's gold, Manchurian gold, Templar gold. Um, fables, myths, legends of the demigods and superheroes of old. Uh, evidently, there's some truth to, to this stuff. Okay, so remember, Ultra is just under Project Paperclip. This is the Fourth Reich version. So um, these other... I, I don't have information on Leek Sadat and Light Soldiers and all, you know, ancient super soldiers, but I'm, I only have enough, to, I'm, I'm going to just focus on, since I was part of the Ultra group, I'm going to go into this. So Gen 1 would be uh, Project Papers, Clip Scientists started working on 20 participants, roughly, I would say about in 1945, and um, a new generation of five years, but you know, five to ten years. Um, and this apparently is a uh, picture taken from Dulce by Thomas Costello of an actual... Um, I think that is a cloning lab, if I'm not mistaken. Because, I mean, there's the cloning of the regen tanks. The regen tanks have different colors. The, the vats like this are the cloning with the, with the sacks around them. Uh, Gen 2 to 3, so this would be, uh, let's say, going into the 50s and 60s. Um, that you would start using drug cocktails, steroids, wires, the HEGY wires um, that was mentioned in the Heather material. Um, which can create um, a state of zero point, allowing the super soldier to have superhuman abilities. And then um, moving on to um, Gen 4 to 7, Gen 3 um, would typically not follow orders. And basically what they found is that the more cybernetic abilities, um, the more cybernetics rather, they put into a humanoid structure, the, the more robotic they become, meaning they're less likely to rebel, but it also means a decrease their psionic abilities. However, on the other hand, um, roughly around uh, Gen, I would say Gen 4 to 5 is when it started becoming more cybernetic. So I was right in the middle when they, like half and half, um, and that's where the, you know, the femtotech. But each gen becomes increasingly more cybernetic, stronger, and scarier. They start to lose their uh, humanity, and um, so some of the abilities that they could have, they could, some of them could walk through a brick wall. They could crush a human skull just by putting, you know, putting it in their hand. They could lift a tank even though their, their skin might bleed. Um, and then we'll, let's go on to the more advanced ones, Gens 8 through 10. They can heal in minutes. Uh, their nervous system is independent of their body, making neurotoxins inert. They're, they have a recycling implant at the uh, back of their spine, which eliminates the need of food and water. Um, this, uh, I think that smart suit is more like what you would see on Mars in the, the picture that you see here. But uh, there's like little carbon pellets that allow them to breathe. Some of the, I mean, on Mars, uh, technically, um, yeah, um, the atmosphere is like at 10,000 feet. So you can breathe it, but you're not going to be able to really walk around or <laughs> take a hike or run from. So, uh, yeah, so there might be supplementation for humanoids, but for a super soldier, they wouldn't need that. They can even breathe in outer space. But, um, and then we also have um, the more, uh, I would say, getting out to Gen 10, uh, they have um, weapons inside their body that allows them to blow up whole planets. Extremely dangerous um, what, they've, what they've done. And I think it's only a matter of time for one of these beings rebel, as predicted by Billy Meyer and the Henoch prophecies that happened in the planet Henoch, where they were, the scientists were creating these 
cyborgs that did rebel and create havoc. But um, let's just stay focused on positivity, and that, that won't happen here. Um, this information is from Peter the Insider of ACIO. Records show that uh, um, I did two tours of duty as um, under Delta-1. Well, I guess Delta-1 would have come later on, but U.S. Army uh, got some Purple Hearts. And then I had the, the Christian Cross um, in Vietnam, which uh, deflected the bullet, saving my life. And um, Carol Shelby, that, that was the name I was trying to think of earlier, um, he created a custom Mustang for me. Um, so this is what he appears like now under remote viewing. Um, so what you're seeing there, even though it looks like, I mean, you see the upper torso, everything below the neck is cybernetic, so just the head. And he's basically in stasis and... Um, you know what, I don't think they were supposed to draw hair on his head. I think he's bald. But um, this, uh, so Rillsburg, I believe Rillsburg was picked up and uh, reanimated by the, I guess you could say the Fourth Reich. And then um, he was modified to grow taller, more muscular, and uh, his hair is more blonde now. His left eye is heat-seeking and... Um, Reaching out to him through remote viewing means uh, it appears he doesn't remember much of his past life at all uh, as Rillsburg. But he, he said he grew up in the South and he wanted to have a barbecue joint had he got survived the war, but um, um, the, um, his service. Anyway, these are some of the symbols that we saw on his arm through remote viewing. And um, we were picking up that he was in, a, like I said that earlier, he was in a base controlled by the Five Star Corporation. Um, and I'll go into, the, um, actually, I don't think I have too much information, five star here. Yeah, okay. Uh, so it, it does appear there's some kind of joint um, program going on between the United States, I guess you could say the Corporation of the United States and the, uh, the Fifth Reich. But um, Shoreline, he also works, did some work for Shoreline Group, which is another private military contractor and also um, responsible for basic security, Area 51, the lower levels down. Because I already know, you know, there's there's whack and hut and so on, but um, the, the lower levels are more alien alien controlled. But um, he was also used as a scientist to design levitating tanks, dissect aliens, cybernetic he has cybernetic organ, organs, and he also worked on plasma type weapons. So there's the symbol of the Five Star Corporation. And if you and you notice they have, they like to put chains around planet Earth because they think that well they view this as a prison planet, and I guess we're we're all being held captive by them, I suppose. And the five stars are, are the different countries that are involved, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know Switzerland, of course, the United States, um, uh, maybe Germany. Uh, I'm trying to remember all the other ones. But, uh, yeah, this group is connected to, it looks like George Soros is involved in Kissinger, and it's that, that same thing that I was mentioning earlier about Mars. Um, so he's being kept in stasis because they don't want to, uh, they want to keep his old hardware because um, it's considered uh, legacy equipment. And uh, they're waiting for me to die around 2045 so I can rehome back to this body. Um, so I'm not planning on doing that. Um, Rillsburg wanted, he wanted to die. That's, that's his words. Um, he, he messages to me, but. I don't know. I, 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 I think in 2045 we'll have med beds and events. I think the, the Federation or the Alliance will be here. 
Well, I, I've been hearing closer to maybe 2025. When, when the media stops lying to you, then you'll know that um, it's changed. So, um, and anyway, but we'll, we'll, you know, looking into the future, even t- um, um, talking about the future can change it just just by thinking about it. So, uh, it's really up to us. I mean, we we can we can just make something positive right now if we all just decide. But there's a lot of people that choose not to even want to look into this information, and so they haven't made the decision yet. They're still asleep. Um, and you might all be like the black sheep in your family, and, and it's up maybe up to you to try to educate them, even if they <laughs> probably are still resisting it. But anyhow, oh, here we go. Here's the list. Russia, America, Germany, France, and Switzerland. Five star. They have a dumb under Switzerland and also Mars and Antarctica and the moon. Uh, okay, yeah, that's one. He has a, a kid there, but... So, MMP is Mirror, mirror Mimicry Printing Technology, and um, that was a technology given to um, our military here on this planet through by the Draco. But um, this is, you know, like I said, I, I'm not able to confirm all this, so I'm going to put a kind of like somewhat not, not totally verified yet. But um, yeah, there was a lot of uh, programming going on as a child. Um, I lost my voice, my ability to speak properly when I was 14, and um, I do. I guess I should give credit to certain grays for healing me, um, even though I don't appreciate them inject, uh, injecting me and abducting me all the time. But um, So that leaves the question, if I was replaced, where did the original, my brother, go? And um, this information was um, channeled through Oxana. So if you're listening to this, thank you, Oxana, for your help on this project. Um, so what we were seeing is that uh, he was taken to, um, they renamed him, um, um, well, it's supposed to be Muni, I know it, and it says Minu, but it's Muni. Um, he was taken to a facility on the moon where he was raised amongst reptilians, and these hatchlings would, um, they were all raised the same way just to see how a human would interact if it was raised like a reptilian. So, the, so this human th- thinks he's a reptilian. And um, the, the being that's raising him is this reptilian, this green colored reptilian in a brown dress and what, um, an apron. Uh, the DNA was spliced with, um, he was given more reptilian genetics. And then they would play these hiding seat games, which resulting in hunting. And usually uh, the, the kids are extremely traumatized, um, is what we were picking up. I say kids, there, there were other children, other humans in that group. Okay, so. I'm going to try to go, but so, so I gave you some information through remote viewing regression. Now let's go to something that, that has been verified through DOD. I had a source um, at Oak Ridge who managed to pull some records for me, and um, nothing showed up until we got to Umbra 8. And uh, under Umbra 8, I was three seed projects. Now, that doesn't mean that I was only in three seed projects. There are other levels of clearance. Uh, evidently, my records go up to silver class cosmic clearance, but... Um, which is like right below, the gold class is the highest, or maybe, well, I mean, it's cosmic class, so it's like a subdivision of cosmic, but um, under Umbra 8, uh, I was part of Project Bleak, in, which is um, 1992 to 99, and basically this is a MK Ultra seed project, which would try to trigger individuals uh, to see if we could be activated under social situations. And then um, Project Abandonment, uh, 96 and 2002, so this had to do with uh, recuperating defunct super soldiers. 
And the reason why they consider me defunct is because um, they would, um, I was being taken aboard this Draco ship, and I was not cooperating with the programming. I was not, uh, I was hiding, <laughs> I was trying to, I tried to hide in the engine room, and that time they, they forced us to eat feces. Um, but um, the, uh, as a, um, uh, yeah, so they were trying to correct me with these um, femto, nano, and pico injections, but um, I don't think they were able to correct me the way they were hoping anyway. But under Equalize 99-2004, it was a project gear, uh, dealing with starseed children. Basically, it had to do with um, parts, um, organs inside my body that are not human, so my, the organs inside my body are different. And I have not investigated how they're different. Um, I could have multiple hearts or something different like that, but um, and there's usually a caseworker involved, and they would put us in different programs from there. Okay, so that, that's what I got from DOD, but uh, let's go back to some more, um, some different remote viewing and regression. So um, the uh, Draco would be, ta they're taking us aboard this ship, this, the group of kids that I was with, they program us. Sometimes they would give us trip seat alterations and programming. Um, sometimes, they, of course, they, there was a lot of, um, they give us these injections. It's like a, a green goo, and it goes into your brain, and it like spreads like a net. And the goal is to hijack your consciousness so that we think we're getting our intuition. Like our, um, they would feed us information like join the military, join the army, um, uh, go work for this corporation or this group. And so we're, they're trying to hijack our consciousness to control us. Oh, did I, I think I went over... Okay, let's just move on. Okay, so um, I'm going to go into some of the blank slate technology, uh, and I'm sorry if that's a little hard to read. I, so uh, the, the technology was developed by the Greys, or at least the Germans got it from the Greys in 1954. The uh, Cabal got it from them in, uh, I think it was 1980 or 85, because it, it was right before the Chernobyl. The Chernobyl event was a response for them stealing the technology from the Germans, um, so I think it was around 1979, 1980 when they did that. But um, the, the, uh, the technology, the device you see on the left is uh, used, uh, I guess that would be, yeah, your left, <laughs> is the uh, MIB Armalux. So that's, uh, there's different settings, stun, um, kill, and um, maybe vaporize. <laughs> uh, the, the other one is the, the gray version of the technology. And evidently, that's a, a real alien artifact. Um, from there, you know, we got the shock hammers and trip seats, but um, we'll just go into the trip seats. So uh, the trip seat protocols are used to insert memories um, or change memories around of the participant. Typically, um, we'll, we'll, how about we just, okay, let's just go through these notes here. As you can see, it's, a, it's a, some type of foam-like chair. There might be some kind of like plastic covering on it. You sit in it. It's like a memory foam. It locks you in place. Um, usually there's no straps um, they don't really need that. There's technology force fields that keep you from moving around. Electrodes might be placed on the fingers or um, a, a visor might come down on, on the head and wires and so on um, connected to a computer. Um, and then uh, at the moment when they're doing uptime, the, uh, there's, uh, the room appears like a bunch of thousands of orbs suddenly start to appear and then your memories fade to white and then next thing you know, you wake back up with new memories and you don't remember the, what what was there? The chair at the bottom here, uh, that was uh, uh, drawn by uh, Barry King, Peace More security officer who worked on these trip seats, and he actually called it uptime. 
where they had this, the um, accelerated learning session. But typically, uptime referred to trauma, because that, that's usually what they wanted to do, is um, put us into virtual reality scenarios where we're, say, visualize us burning on the stake, or, um, yeah, so, so they're trying to always create altars. Um, oh, well, that's what happens when you do this at 2 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Um, well, I could try to, maybe let me move this over. Nope. Well, some more information. Metallic, there's metallic tubes, uh, the electrodes connect, yeah. Um, Henry, okay, I guess you hear a clicking sound, and then the memories are hidden um, through, um, there's a swelling in the brain, edema, and then uh, also the femto. Like I was telling you earlier, that net, that green goo net that spreads all around the brain. So here's another uh, device called the shock hammer, and um, this uh, was drawn by Nuskin. So um, I've been, um, he, uh, he has uh, some memories of working with Nachtwaffen, this aspect of this. But different groups, even like Solar Warden and so on, would have access to this technology. But you can see the different dials and settings, and um, the, the, the little pyramid thing on the top is a um, crystal that's covered up with platinum. But um, yeah, it's used to erase memories. They hit you on their third eye. And uh, typically, there's a lot of electricity involved. The room itself has uh, magnetic layer, I'm sorry, metallic layers in the carpet. And the, the, the people that are using the technique usually have some kind of specialized boots that don't, so they won't get electroshocked. But um, every, yeah, once they, they get you on there, the goal is to uh, wipe your memories. And um, yeah, so here's another drawing. Okay, so another uh, device that they would use in the SP would be the, the HET, the Holographic Examination Table, as it described by Supertech DSF, which is, uh, of course, DFF, DSF stands for Deep Space Fleet. That is the name that Solar Warden came up with. If you go look, look through Gary McKinnon, um, what he uncovered with the non-terrestrial um, non officers and the, and the, and the naval, naval officers, it's the DSF. But... Um, um, so, and I'm not going to go, I don't have time to go into William's um, testimony, but what I can say is that this particular technology occurred somewhere around 63 in response to trying to figure out how to help these test tube babies who were becoming psychotic. So, um, instead of, like I said earlier, under Project Surrogate, they didn't want us to keep us in a dumb, they wanted to, to reuse us and give us a, a lives here on planet Earth so we don't become psychotic. And uh, so this technology allowed them to do that uh, through reaging and um, blank slating. Uh, Dr. Gabriel was a German scientist on Mars that, that worked on this project. But um, from there, they would put, put into 20, 40, or 60, in my case, 330 years programs. And, the, um, and, and William went through the Deep Space Training Academy on Mars at Aris Prima, um, where they would scan, I already mentioned the scans, the weekly scans. And um, they also gave them injections um, to increase his IQ to 263. And the reason why that's important to know is that uh, the average IQ of um, most aliens out there is somewhere between 400 to 900. So even at 263, you're still pretty much a dummy. They, they basically, you know, basically, they consider us mentally retarded. And the average person on this planet is um, for, it's like an ant. So um, that's why there's always incentive to always try to increase the intelligence. And the, 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 there's the thing with the black goo, with the dark fleet. Officers are required to drink black goo, which is creating other problems as well. But um, I don't have time to go into that. Um, yeah, look. Um, 
As far as the reaging process is concerned, typically, uh, what William described, it's for every week, it's about 10 years. So, um, and I'm not sure uh, if you have to be in the in the the uh, regen tank for that long. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry, for for 24 hours in that period. Some I've heard that you only have to be in there for eight hours a day over a seven day period, and then, but you but whatever um, when when you're in the tank, you're not allowed to move. So, another type of technology they would have are these Stargate chairs, allowing them to open up portals, like such as use at Montauk, which they got from a spaceship. And um, that was drawn by William Ross here. And, of course, the soul chairs. I believe this is some kind of uh, gray technology which allowed them to transfer your soul when you went on their ships. Um, some um, contactees say that uh, you can go on board a vessel and they create a mantis-type body, and you can project your, project your consciousness and interact as a mantis with other mantoids on the ship. Um, so I believe that the, the military has got their hands on this technology, uh, apparently, um, I know they've been coveting this, coveting this for a very long time, and I think, and, I, and honestly, I think it's outrageous that the higher councils or the beings that are in, ch in charge of the, the soul councils and the karma councils are even allowing this to take place. It, it seems outrageous, but unfortunately, it, it's what this reality we live in. Um, so I already mentioned about the, the goo net that goes into the brain, but um, yeah, so the whole goal is to hijack our higher consciousness, our, and... Um, Here's some ejection marks. I've been getting these marks almost on a daily basis since 2005. Uh, scoop marks in my ear, um, the needle marks under my fingernails, um, the leg, this, the picture of my leg you see on, I guess it would be your right, would be um, allegedly a mind control gun. Um, in my mouth, there's, um, I have a scar that goes from one side of my jaw to the next, and it goes along my lip. And there's some kind of there's something they put in there, and they're constantly cutting it open. Uh, there's some, as you can see, though, the little dot at the back of my mouth. Uh, usually, there's some kind of, um, and it looks like a blood boil, but there's some injection there. Sometimes it's like triangular-shaped needle marks, and as you can see, the line where my finger is, that's what it looks like. Um, you see a two-prong needle mark on my lip. Sometimes it's three-prong, and, and there's a triangular-shaped scab in my nose. Um, so. Uh, so I just showed you some physical evidence to at least verify, at least, at least you know, I, <laughs> so I have something to show you here. But um, so let's go into some of, actually, um, are we good on time? Because um, I don't have my clock in front of me. Okay, well, nobody's, okay, well, I'll just keep going until somebody yells at me. How about that? <laughs> um, all right, great. So we have information here about how to, uh, so as you can see this picture here, they would put needles underneath the fingernails and they would run electricity in there. And um, that's one of the most painful places in the body to be electrocuted next to the genitals as well. So the goal is to create altars. And um, so this information is gonna, might be very triggering for some people. If, if you have trouble with this, you may want to leave. But um, So typically they start off with uh, needles in the womb in vitro, and then they would go to the next step is when the toddler um, was at a certain age where um, they could start to dissociate and not die. Uh, like, you know, at a certain age, if you try to waterboard a baby, that most likely the salt would leave the body. But a toddler would, um, yeah, they would revive you, and then um, they would keep doing that to create more splits. 
And then, um, or you mentioned about the uh, electrocution, they would also force you, like in Montauk, they would put us in cages with different types of animals to take on the attribute of those particular animals, like um, it could be a wolf or a snake or, um, yeah, rats. Um, so you, usually uh, they don't give you food or water. Um, depending on how much they want to torture you, um, they could, they, theoretically, they could not feed you and you die and they reanimate you over and over again if you were like really bad but typically they give you a, a bowl of a dog food is what we were eating for a while um ages 7 to 14 and this like this is going, I know it says monarch but uh, Montauk also did a lot of this too um they give you a puppy and tell you to kill it and um I have not gone back to explore if I killed the puppy but I'm pretty sure I did um because you're in this altered state, you just do whatever they tell you to do. Um, then they put a person in front of you and give you a gun and tell them to shoot them. And if you don't do it, um, they do it for you, and then it creates a violent altar. Um, then they put you in a room with a lot of dead bodies to sleep on for a few days to split your personality. And um, I'm going to, I mean, I don't know if I, I guess I can explain this one story. Um, so I was working with this individual. She, um, I, by the way, I do do regressions. Um, I'm not certified in it, but I've probably done hundreds of hours of regression work. Um, this this um, lady approached me asking for some help because um, another intuitive told her that I rescued her from an underground dump. And so um, in this particular me uh, regret, a memory that she recalled, uh, she sees herself on a table and then um, they bring another child. She's locked down, um, strapped down, and they bring another child into the room. And then they turn the lights off and bring a wild boar in there. And the wild boar tears up the other child. And, and then um, they leave the child there, strapped there, dead for, um, I mean, with the dead children in there for three days. And um, at the end of the three-day period, uh, a, a scientist would come in and grab a piece of the skull with a little bit of um, the hair and rub it on her arm. And I asked her, um, how does this make you feel? And um, do you want to eat it? And then the next thing out of this um, person's mouth, the scientist's mouth, is James Rink is listening to us in this regression. So immediately I pulled her out. But going back in retrospect, um, I'm sharing this because I believe she was remote viewing my memories. Um, however, I can't verify either or. But I just wanted to give you an example of, um, and I think this person was probably a reptilian that the scientist that was doing this to us. So once the soul is split, it can be then captured and fragmented into various augmented clones. And um, some of these clones are ejected with serums like compound C, which is used for um, shape-shifting, such as um, they probably use that in the, the whole project, although I do have different compounds. I, I have the list of compounds they used on that. But uh, compound C is made from a bioluminescent mushroom that's uh, found from the inner earth that um, is extremely toxic, but apparently it does allow you to, if you have certain DNA, you can survive the toxicity transformation. But um, only people in the black ops program have access to this particular compound. Um, so then it goes to more trauma, uptime programming, uh, trip seat altercations. Here's a drawing of uh, Project Wall Rider on Mars. Um, that's the group consciousness of super soldiers that uh, created an egregory that went um, went wrong, basically. They, they started to take over. But, um, yeah, so the goal is to um, 
to activate these super soldiers remotely. They can do it through satellites, or um, I think there's probably some kind of interdimensional aspect to all this. But um, yeah, so let's let's continue on here. Um, so while your while your physical body is gone, they could put you in stasis. And so while you're doing your service, uh, and then they race you and put you back. So right here is a drawing of um, a Mars Defense Force uh, facility, um, and the Draco uh, is utilized for psionic programming to uh, um, retrain the memories. Now the reason why I have uh, Randy Kramer here from uh, Project Moonshadow is because. Uh, the United States Marine Corps Special Section was working on trying to create super soldiers without traumatizing the crap out of these people because uh, there was a lot of damaged product that came from that program. And even, even if the person did survive, they were still damaged in many regards. So the goal was to see if they could use positive reinforcement. And for the most part, it seemed like it was successful. It just takes more money, more time, and more work. So, um, yeah, it just and a lot of these groups just don't want to do that. It just... But um, another career return program, well, I don't really want to call it a career. It's more like more programming they put me through was through Monarch. Um, information that came through uh, David Lotherington. I spent seven years at Monarch Orphanage. And it, it's not this exact building, but it looks like it. I just grabbed a picture that was close to what I was able to recall, remember. And, um, and I think um, I was raped there because... Uh, um, well, years ago, when I when I first woke up, you know what? I didn't even include that in this presentation. Um, I'll tell you what. I guess it's in the book, by the way. All what happened, but uh, there was an individual I was working with, and um, I was helping him recover his super soldier experiences. And in the process of him um, getting triggered and then no longer being part of my life or or have contact anymore, I started getting needle marks and cut marks because he allegedly activated my DNA to fix whatever they did to me. And, um, and I was getting these claw marks, three, three claw, claw, um, prong claw, claw marks down my shoulder. And um, I reached out to Intuitive and asked what's going on. They said uh, you're being, that you were raped by this individual who is now following you around an astral who committed suicide. So I believe this took place at this monarch orphanage and I did, I mean, I forgave this, this person, but, um, you know, I think we were all being abused like crazy. I mean, you know, sadistic rituals, waterboarding, electroshock. They had, uh, they kept us on um, these straps that were, had like this dirty type can canvas material. Um, so, uh, so we wouldn't show bruising. But the, the facility itself, it looks like a normal building, but there's a huge dumb that goes under, underground where they're experimenting on a lot of kids. Yeah, um, playing pain pleasure reversals. So, and then through through Monarch, I'm sorry, Mon Monarch, uh, Janet Shaw recruited me into Montauk. And the reason, why, and Janet Shaw works for, um, well, she's a sister of Shaw, Heather Shaw of Shaw House, located in a dumb underneath uh, the city of London. And uh, Shaw House is pretty much um, connected to pretty, I mean, the same nasty groups as we mentioned earlier, almost everything that's wrong with this planet. They work closely with the uh, royalty here, uh, British royalty. Um, yeah, and uh, see here. The Heather Shaw, the, the founder of Shaw House, her clone in this reality is Vanessa Kirby. 
And uh, she, her soul energy is the Sumerian goddess of the underworld, underworld, Arishigal. So the reason why I was being targeted is because at Kruger, I was tasked with a mission to take her out. And I did. I did take her out. But uh, apparently, she didn't stay dead. So um, she's upset about that. Um, but it is what it is. It's really hard to kill some of these, these in, um, I say individuals or these entities. Uh, so I got stuck into uh, Montauk for 40 years where they re-aged me from the age of 7 to 13 over and over again. And um, they nicknamed me Alien Boy. It's not the only nickname I had. Um, I had other altars there and so on. But um, Bush Senior referred to me as his favorite Montauk boy. Um, in their early years, uh, they, they kept us, in, I already mentioned about the cages, uh, they, there was this long, I remember this long corridor, these green lights, and there was a lot of water on the ground, and it was cold in there, and then they would come in and spray us with more cold water, as if we weren't cold enough, and we were already naked, and, um, but uh, there were, we had like a group consciousness, so if one of us was being tortured, the whole group was, being, was feeling it, we like a, like a telepathically con- connected and um, that was all part of our psionic training sessions. The uh, drawing you see there is, um, is a really bizarre memory that I kept having even as a child. I kept seeing myself in a castle, and I remember sticking my hands into a table and pulling out a wooden table and pulling out a wood toy. And I remember that saying, Go stick your hands in the table and pull. And I still, I still can't figure out if that, that's a movie or that's a real dream or, or, or experience. But um, I think what was going on is like through these Montauk, okay. Of course, Montauk is located in Montauk Point, Long Island, New York. But, there, I mean, there is a dumb underneath Camp Hero that was supposedly active. I'm not sure exactly. Maybe 19, late 60s or uh, till, uh, early 80s. Um, but there was other timelines where they would pull us out, and we would go, like, for instance, we spent some time at the Stansbury Castle at Wentworth. And the reason why Stansbury is destroyed is because we, we, we all went us. Uh, super saiyan on them and then destroyed the castle but um then there's other times where they would do these hunting parties um and typically they would have sex with the uh, super soldiers and the black kids they would kill but um, unfortunately i mean i'm not i'm not trying to say that any kind of racist way but um these people are monsters but i, I wouldn't even call them people because uh, the early part of the project were controlled by thuban draco and the Thuban Draco were lower-level um, um, Draco that wanted to be higher up. They wanted to work themselves more power in the hi- Draco hierarchy in the in Orion Prime homeworld. So they wanted to use us because we were essentially um, angels in human flesh. So they were trying to, um, the goal was to use us in the, in the event of a New World Order scenario. We would be activated and serve them. But... Um, like I said earlier, we were Trojan. We're, kind, we're, more, we're you would consider us Trojan horses, where we transmute negativity. So in a way, we transmuted that whole program. It just took us a long time, but um, they would burn us, electrocute us. Um, they would put us on hooks like the Donatello's bow staff and hang us for these pain pleasure scenarios. Um, they would put us through uh, these time tr- tunnels. And um, if we were successful, they would give us orgies. Um, uh, yeah, the Draco told us they, our parents hated us. And again, they would, they would erase our memories of our childhood so we wouldn't even know. 
But um, they would also do these other rituals, blood drinking rituals, where the Draco prince would use his fingernail to cut into you and for, put his blood in this cup. And, and then they would have this confessional slot booth where they had these uh, side bonding with the Draco. Um, but um, from, from yeah, um, so not everything, I mean, I would say pretty much, pretty much everything, I, I, there, there was a few times where things got kind of interesting at Montauk, not all of it was like horrifically traumatic, but um, yeah, well, I guess from, you know, I did talk about being a slave on Mars. The, the Red Cross, that, that particular ceremony took place at the Vatican, and uh, they, we, we actually helped them open up the portal, and then we were sent to Mars to be a slave. But, um, yeah, um, I'll go into Thomas in just a bit. But, um, yeah, if we didn't comply, they would put us in the room of dead bodies. Um, there, was a, there was a room where they would have... You know what? Let's just move. On. I really don't want to go too much of this, but it, it's pretty bad. Um, you can get the book if you want want to learn more about it. But they, they, yeah, they would shoot us up with adrenaline and put us in a lion pit. Uh, some of us, I didn't. I don't think I was the one that, that levitated off the crocodile pit. But if we had it, I guess you got to do what you got to do. I mean, you know. um, there was a there was a some regression I worked with. Um, um, this hypnotherapist, uh, Deborah, who was helping me on, on this, because I had memories of um, visiting George Washington. And I mean, I, I've been to um, Mount Vernon in, in D.C., but um, we're just outside D.C., it's just south of there. But, uh, but I'd, I'd, before even that, I, was, I had memories of being with Washington, and I felt like I was, there was a connection. So the connection was through Montauk. They sent me back in time to give Washington information on who his friends and not friends are. So we helped um, win the war, the Revolutionary War. But, but actually, let me, let me rephrase that. Um, most of the timeline set showed, I would say almost all the timeline showed, the United States of America was going to become its own country. So the British had their own Montauk program where they were sending people back in time as well as the Americans. And the goal was to create the most favorable terms at the negotiation table. So that's why we were doing what we're doing to make it uh, America a little bit, you know, a little bit stronger. And they were they were tinkering around the timeline. I don't remember going back to the Civil War era, but the South won the Civil War, and the whole goal in that particular timeline is because under slavery and all that, the uh, United States was a lot slower to technologically develop. So when World War II came around and the Nazis. Um, we were not able equipped to deal with them, um, but there's you know there's other alternate realities too. But you know they, they went back. In, for instance, we went back in time. Um, I would say we, not me specific. Uh, actually, I did. There was a mission I did go go back in time to the Roman times, but they were trying to go back to that era to uh, to, to keep the Roman Empire from falling and um, so on. But in the time when I was sent back to Rome. Uh, it was actually a Mithraism type cult, and there was a, um, a Minotaur-like creature. And I was I joined this cult to infiltrate, and uh, Anthony Zender was there with me. But um, the goal was to step inside the Minotaur. Well, I was instructed to kill the Minotaur, and then when I approached it, it was some kind of etheric being, and I walked inside and, and emerged with this Gregory um, to be part of this cult. And I'm still not quite sure what all that was about, but um, check the book out, and uh, I've got some more notes in there. 
another another um, memory of going back in time with uh, the Templars and so on. But uh, so AJ uh, was sent to an alien world about 200 years in our future, and there was this being, um, and I don't I don't even know if this this being was physically and really physically in this dimension, but Click represents a um, AI consciousness that was working with an, um, a protectorate of an AI, a positive AI that referred to herself as Mother from 700 years in the future. And Mother was trying to entangle with Montauk to spy on what was going on in the timeline to make a positive timeline for humanity. And um, I can, uh, as you can see, different types of tone. I've got a channel message here. Oh, I guess I didn't. Well, I used to, I tell you what, it's in the book. I'm... <laughs> I took I took the slide out because I wasn't I thought it might take up too much time but there there's a channel message from Click and it shows how can get the way he talks and so on and that was channeled by David Lotherington thank you David if you're listening to this for your help on that project okay so I'm going to go into some of the, how like the last the last days I was at Montauk at least what some of the memories are coming up through regression work but um, at least the what we're looking at here is that um, this was the barracks, or at least kind of like what it looked like that I was in. And some of the kids were making fun of me. It's like, oh, look at Alien Boy, look at him. And uh, they're making, making jokes about me. And, and one of the kids pushed me out the window. And I fell out. And before I landed on the ground, I disappeared. And the, all the other kids are like, damn, Alien Boy just turned visible. They, they, they didn't even know I could do that. And, um, and when I went missing, all the, the staff and the guards were coming out trying to look for me, and they didn't know where I went. And, um, and everybody was so excited because they're like, where did he go? So apparently I was being picked up by the Andromedans who were spying on, who were using me to spy on everything that was taking place there. And again, Andromedans are pacifists, so they're not going to go down there and really help any of us. So, but they, but um, because I do have, apparently I'm 2%. Um, Andromedan by DNA. Um, it's not. Um, I'm, 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 I have 22 different races in me, so I'm like an intergalactic mutt. But essentially, the Andromedans um, um, rescued me, pulled me out of the ship. I get. I told them. I let them know everything that what took place, and then they put me back at the main gate. And then um, when the guards found me, they they brought me back, and they weren't really quite sure what was going on. And but th but they caught me speaking in Andromedan language, which I don't even remember how to speak. But I was speaking to like some phantom entity, and they knew I was in communication, and they knew what was about to happen. That a, a team was um, from the NSA was going to be sent in to rescue us. So when the team was about to arrive, they put me in the trip chair twice in the hopes that I would never remember my Montauk memories. And um, then, of course, you know, you probably might have heard of Junior was going around um, blowing up the facility. Um, and also, um, in the van that they, they pulled me out, uh, Laura Eisenhower was, um, she was in the front of the van, and she was complaining about everything they were, they were doing to us. And she was a little bit older than us at that time. And uh, one of the guards turned around and told her to be quiet. She's scaring the little kids. But, um, I guess, yeah. But anyway, um, but yeah, they, yeah, we, so... Um, Pres that's uh, Preston Nichols, um, the guy in the green. Uh, so he is one of the, the handlers over at Mont Montauk. Um, I mean, yeah, he's giving me a hug, but he was also, he abused us. So, um, you know, I'm just going to just focus on positivity from this, at least from this point of view. But 
Um, he died uh, about a year, and a, uh, probably about two years ago, and uh, Cameron, Duncan Cameron, um, I met him up, I met up with him in 2014, and this is his house over on Long Island. After this session, he, he basically struck me, he, he's walking around me and told me to look at um, maybe this side of his face and that side and put his arm on, but I'm not quite sure exactly what he was doing, but afterward, he dipped his finger into the bay in this area where there wasn't much current, and this ripple started to appear in the whole bay from that one point, so he was doing, he was moving some kind of interdimensional portal around, but um, anyway, so let's move on to Planet Centurion, that's another one of these training facilities where they would take us um, as super soldiers to get more combat training, it's a jungle world, or at least the location that we were at, it was in, was in the jungle, but um, there was a, a lake nearby where we'd sometimes hang out with the, the girls, would sneak out, because they had their own barracks in another area. And, um, apparently, uh, I, was, I did get away with, yeah, I didn't get caught for a while from doing that. But. Okay, so then um, I'm going to go into some, I guess, the, this would be probably, I guess, connected to Project Surrogate, another one of these life tracks. So going back in time, um, First of all, uh, Hobie Baker is was one of the uh, hockey's legends here in the United States. I don't know if you're into hockey, but um, that's what. By the way, that's why they put me in the, the last name family rink because of hockey. Because um, I was a uh, Hobie Baker in my past life, or, or if you even consider it a past life, because he's technically not dead. And I'm going to explain that just a bit. But um, in 1910, um, yeah, he was an MVP football and hockey MVP, and. Um, well, we were picking up that he was an, a World War I ace fighter pilot, and he allegedly died on the last day of service, the last day of the war, in, um, in fairly good weather. So um, there was really no reason he should have crashed his plane. So going back to the remote viewing, what we see is that a Fifth Reich vessel that time traveled. By the way, the Fifth Reich at time traveled 400 years in the past and set up colonies all throughout this, this universe. So there's billions of people out there right now. But um, Fifth Reich came and um, abducted me, or him, and brought him to uh, 50, Area 51 and um, began to experiment on, they needed some, um, to create astronauts for outer space to, to test um, how they can deal with low oxygen environments and so on. So they needed a, like an athlete. That's why, partly why they, they were looking at me. But um, his body... Is still this is in stasis now for Labyrinth um, and, and Black Shield, Antarctica. But um, the the DNA from him was combined with Rillsburg, who I showed you earlier, the one the one that was um, reanimated, and uh, that's where they get Hobie Baker 2.0, and also I guess yeah Richter and Rink. Um, we're, I'm, you already know who Rink is, but uh, Richter is a. Uh, um, we're going to get into that in just a bit. So um, Hobie Baker 2.0, who I believe is uh, the Derek Reinhold aspect of me um, with the, uh, the vice general, chancellor position on Mars. I'm still trying to, I haven't been able to verify it, but, but, he, but this was early part of Mars back in the 1940s and 50s, and we're dealing with time travel technology. Um, because his point of origin, remember, it's, it's not me and this career they call this the home altar. It's, it's in the future time track. And um, I'm going to get to the future time track in just a bit. But from that future, uh, roughly about 2032 or 2035, 
that person was sent back in time, the Hobie Baker 2.0, to um, uh, be the, v, uh, the uh, I guess, I was going to say vice president, but it's vice chancellor of a MDF, Mars Defense Force. So um, reaching out to Hobie Baker 2.0 or Derek Reinhold, we're seeing that uh, um, a lot of dumbs for the cabal are being destroyed. So now they are relocating to asteroids off-world controlled by the cabal. All right, so let's start with the Abitava. Um, the Nazi Abitava is from an alternate reality in which the Nazis won World War II. It's uh, built in Alaska, which is considered no man's land because, um, I mean, the United States ceases to exist, and so it's really kind of shared territory uh, between uh, the Soviet Union and uh, Russia. I'm sorry, and um, uh, the uh, American Reich. So um, um, the, the Abitava would uh, take candidates, super soldier candidates, and train them in these skirmishes out in the bush. And so typically there's a lot of... Um, like, we're out in the hovercrafts, and Max Spears is there, Casbolt's there, James Casbolt. Uh, 2042, and I was 14 years old then, and um, the uh, sign at the base reads, Super Soldier Base in Sumerian. So, and by the way, I don't know Sumerian in this, in here now, so don't ask, but, you know. Okay, so, reaching out to um, Ryan, um, Reinhold, uh, we try to figure out what life is like. Basically, their life is boring. All they do is just fight with each other, and they, they, they're tired of doing it. Um, I let him know that they're probably going to wipe his memories. He doesn't quite understand what, what I'm talking about. Um, he says that uh, the 14-year-old Reinhold wants his idea of escape is going to Virginia Beach to surf. So I guess in uh, the American Reich, um, that's, I guess that's a, a huge tourist spot. Oh, yeah, um, I asked him about the hip-hop culture over there. Apparently, it never emerged, uh, So, because um, I do some breakdancing on the side. So, Okay, so let's go back to, so Derek Reinhold, or DNA for Hobie Baker 2.0, same person, sent back in time to, to our timeline, to Mars, MDF, um, was uh, in charge of um, taking care of these skirmishes, near uh, New Warburg, uh, Aries Prima, New Berlin, um, for a period of five years. And then later he was down, um, uh, Reinhold was given, um, I guess they, they would have increased his aggression levels because as VP you wouldn't necessarily want to be super aggressive. And then, then later he was put into other programs where he was more of a enhanced as a super soldier. So these cyborgs are about eight foot tall, seven and a half, eight foot tall. Um, this is, um, I mean, obviously it's not, um, not yeah, like a, a rendering of what, what, a, what a, he might look like. But um, uh, Tian, uh, I guess we can go into Tian. Tian is a 12-foot-tall reptilian scientist um, who worked for Kruger, or works, or I guess it's um, current, current tense. But, um, yeah, so he um, worked on my body, but uh, and we're going to go into T some stuff from Tian, but the super soldiers and the pe the people on Mars were all told that planet Earth was destroyed, and um, so we have. But I, I I do think that the the top management upper 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 level management at MDF probably knew the real story because all these personnel were being constantly shuffled into Mars uh, to be.
put into these programs. And um, some people were questioning, well, where are all these people coming from? And it was alleged they were coming from the colonies. But um, anyway, so uh, I guess, yeah, we've already talked about Kruger. Um, so, and that's partly why I said they're considered more positively aligned because they went out, they're trying to go after Monarch, which is more, one of the more negative groups out there, like Shaw House, Mobius, and Monarch, Montauk, under Scorpion Corporation. But uh, Kruger operates bases on Mars, and I think possibly the Jackson facility, because um, remote viewing the Jackson facility, we found the same, same sister facility on Mars with the same kind of name, the Jackson facility, but with the, with the swastikas and all that. But, um, under, um, and this is um, testimony that um, Penny Bradley uh, remembers seeing me as a, a ship pilot, because we, we did some regression work, and I asked her under her higher self under regression, does she remember ever interacting with me? And she went back to this moment in time where she was um, shuttling these super soldiers, and they got out, they left the vessel to go into this bunker underground, and um, I told Penny to try to um, quantumly entangle with her body there and she went up to me um, when I was a super soldier and said hi I'm Penny Bradley and I'm from we're from planet earth and I'm with James Rink and we want to know if you have a message for James and this body turned around and told her to fuck you and um, walked away so they're programmed to basically not think about anything from planet earth and um even even if you're on one of these dark fleet vessels and you try to go to planet earth um a screen will show up. Uh, with, I think you, you probably remember earlier the planet Earth with the the, the, the chains around it. That symbol comes up um, with the, you know the swastika below it. But basically stating that this is a prison planet. It's off limits. So um, if you continue, if these ships continue to try to come to planet Earth, then they get um, their uh, their Neuralink activates and they get seizures and they black out and then they probably get put into the trip seat for more tr trauma programming. Okay, so I spent some time in uh, Dark Fleet, um, Nachtwaffe and Regier. I don't remember too much. I mean, I'll, I'll show you what, at least what I, I'll tell you what I do remember. It was M four seven five. M probably stands for military um, vessel. It could be uh, research um, or a prison ship. I'm not sure. But um, Atkins was one, my commander, and um, most of the time. I spent just hanging out in my own quarters. And I really didn't want to interact. I, I, you know, most of these missions and timelines are depressing. We, you know, like on the moon when I was James Ring, the, the biggest act, recreational activity was just staring at the wall, maybe maybe going to the brothel, which apparently I did. But um, okay, so spending <laughs> um, my uniform was black with gold stripes. Remember that. Um, I mean, I guess that probably should change the drawing a little bit, but that that's a rendering of what, at least this one particular uh, memory. Um, let's see here. I guess I can go. Okay, so I, it started off in the mess hall. Uh, Pauline Schneider came up to me and said, I'm onto you. I know what you're, I know what you're about. And um, I didn't say anything to her because uh, um, essentially I was a Kruger spy for um, in, that infiltrated into Dark Fleet. So um, I went to the uh, computer room and she went to Commander Atkins to, to complain that, I kn that she knows that I'm, I'm a spy. 
Atkins like, oh, no, 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 you got to have proof, you got to have proof, and he was being dismissive. So um, I think Atkins was probably in on it. He was probably working with me. But um, while that was going on, uh, she went to go to the uh, security off, um, room, and she grabbed these two reptilian attack dogs that she could control using her mind. And uh, she, was, she looked me up to see where I was at. She saw I was in the computer room. So she confronted me right there in the picture there and said, seize them. And, um, and uh, the swastika thing is what that represents are my files. It was, it was, it was laid out in a swastika-type pattern of different missions and so on. That's why it looks like that. But, um, so I grabbed all my files, and I turned around, and I run from her. And because of my clearance as, a, as an officer, I was able to go to the jump room and I went to, um, I went to, I think I went to the moon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, I start, yeah, I guess it was Mars. I, I went to Mars first and then the moon. And then, then um, at the Kruger uh, command, op, my command uh, CO, I told him, I just don't want to do this anymore. I'm tired. I don't want to do it. And um, I guess at that point, they probably put me on another mission, wiped my memory. But um, so... The, I guess we can go into the ARCs, the aeronautical repositioning chambers is what the technological, um, technical term, rather, of what they call this, but these are jump rooms that allow personnel to go from different planets or different ships. And um, only upper, upper level management is allowed to have access, uh, lower level you have to take the ship. But uh, there is a facility near Paramus, also Langley, um, I'm, I believe there's a lot more than just that. that that's, that's according to testimony from Andrew Basagio. Um, and I also believe many Hilton hotels, because this is showing up in some of the regression work that we did with um, an individual um, that remembered being at the, high, um, the, the Hilton, underneath the Hilton at the um, Waikiki um, Hilton in Hawaii, that... Um, there's a, a Montauk-type base under there. And it appears that these jump rooms are going from these different... I'm not going to say all Hilton hotels, but many of them where elites would travel to these... The, go into the hotel, and, and people think it's just... They're just going to a hotel. But no, they're actually going to another Hilton hotel, another side of the world, where they might be doing a ritual, like in the Black Forest of Germany. and um, Or they could even go off-world if they have access uh, to that, that those particular coordinates. But... Um, Astronaut Ken Johnson uh, testified that this arc jump room technology is real. And um, yeah, so you walk, it's like an elevator. You walk in and 10 minutes, the walls start curving around you and 10 minutes later, you're on another jump room. So uh, Tian is a 12 foot tall scientist from Diaries 1564 who sp speaks Zion. He's a member of the collective rep, rep, rep I think it stands for reptilian, of the Divine Council of Light. So um, he's like a, um, a rebel reptilian that scientist that likes to say, like, like on planet Earth, we have like a hippie scientist that says, fuck the establishment. So that's kind of like what he was. So he reached out to me through Adam to um, provide me some information about some of my files and on um, the Alpha Squad 45 team. And I've got um, probably about uh, 50 to 60 pages of conversation if you wanted to check that out to my book. But um, he said that I was part of the Orion Club organization. Uh, he knew my biological father, who was a Pleiadian reptilian halfling. Um, he said that great destruction is coming to planet Earth and that soon us, us sleeper super soldiers are going to get our ab abilities back. Um, he says the injections that I've been getting are CO2 modules uh, to implant memories. 
so they can uh, basically override what I think I'm seeing. And I guess that all ties into the Femto net, net technology, the goos that they, they put into us. Here's some of the operations. Um, I only have details on, well, the book has more details on some of these, but um, I'm just going to go over Operation Cyanide. And uh, the, the way we actually got this information is um, Adam, um, I instructed Adam to remote view a, place, a, a computer terminal that had access to our files. So we start off to, um, I think it was uh, the Pentagon, if I'm not mistaken. But, a, but that whole area was like shielded and he couldn't get in. So then we found another place, I think it might have been the White House, where there was a trap door. You go down and there's a seller there with these supercomputers. And he put my name into the computer and then he finds, you know, the Cybus and Arbus. Yeah, I guess I didn't put that in my notes. The side, well, it's, it's in the book. Um, the, the different clones, serial numbers, and so on. But um, what some of the op one of the operations was cyanide. And um, apparently what, what, what's taking place is that there was a meeting um, somewhere in Russia where they were, uh, there was an exchange between different, some different SSP group uh, to uh, this technology. I, I believe it's a bullet that can um, teleport technology that allows them to have teleportation bullets, a uh, gun that, yeah, so, so my task was to take this person out to keep, to prevent this technology from being exchanged, but there was some kind of shielding technology, and uh, the bullet was, um, the sniper was, def so he, the, the person didn't die, and then we, they, we, they hunted us down, we were handcuffed, and um, yeah, um, interrogated, so memory fades away. So um, I'm going to talk to you at least one of the Mars missions that I recall. But uh, here's a little bit more information about Mars. Mars has an atmosphere that is breathable. Um, even though th This is what NASA says, uh, that's 96% CO2. But it's actually uh, air is breathable like 8,000, 9,000 feet. There's thriving animal and plant ecosystems there, depending on what part of the planet you're in. Uh, typically, the equator regions. Um, get uh, the temperatures more moderate around 65 degrees Fahrenheit year-round um, there's some tree life forms there but um, there's usually like some shrub type life um, plants and then northern latitudes are these uh, uh, conif uh, coniferous trees that drop their needles in the winter time and there's actually um, some um, water on the ground there in the northern latitude um, but uh, the, the biggest fauna we had to worry about are, of course, the, the uh, spiders and um, there was some there was a grasshopper type creature, according to that. I don't remember the grasshopper creature. Well, matter of fact, I don't I don't I don't have memories of the the animal plant ecosystems. What I remember is the mission that I was on, and um, I'm going to go into that in just a bit. But there's a there's a grasshopper type creature that is the size of a bus in the equatorial regions. So it's very hostile for human humans to be on the surface. You know, so for a lot of people who are thinking about um, visiting other worlds, planet Earth is one of the, the most amazing plant, planets in this galaxy, and we need to preserve this planet because other planets are not as wonderful as it is here. But anyhow, um, so the guy on the, I guess it would be on your, your right. So Adam is the one in the white, the white shirt uh, who, who channeled... Um, um, TN. So Adam was a part of my squads, uh, Alpha Squad 45, aka Dreadnought 611. Um, 
um, 54611. And um, Diaz was 54631. And um, I met up with Diaz back in uh, uh, probably 2013. And um, I later found out that he uh, murdered his girlfriend, so he's in prison now. But they called him Bloodstreak because they, he would use blunt weapons and attack people that way. And Sabretooth, the sniper. Yep, so here are some of our weapons, what it will look like. We also had the pistols. Um, okay, so I remember going into this cave, and there was uh, these symbols on the wall. And I later found out they were keeping. Um, I'm not sure what the, the words meant, but uh, we were tasked with going in there to, to kill these reptilians. There was a base where reptilians and humans were working on together in a collaboration, but the reptilians killed all the uh, human scientists off in a, in a conflict, so we were tasked to go in there to, to kill off the reptilians. So we get down there, we see that we meet up with these reptilians. It looks not like a Nile monitor with a long neck. He's hissing and he's really pissed off. The guy, um, he's seven foot tall. And we don't understand what he's saying, but we can understand what he's thinking. So he's thinking that humans can't be trusted. They are foul. Uh, they want humans off of Mars. And we essentially went on Mars and stole them. I say we, but the Germans and some, some of these other secret space program groups went onto Mars, stole their land, even though technically it wasn't their land to begin with. If you go further back in time to the golden age of Mars, um, so the, the key is, is just try to figure out a way for everybody to work together and stop trying to just take stuff from people. But anyway, the point is um, we realized that uh, there was a misunderstanding and that we felt the reptilians should be allowed to escape through a portal. So um, Alex was punished for this um, with a drug called uh, Ananobius. I think I'm probably not pronouncing it right but it's a drug that uh, keeps you conscious um, while they torture them. But um, here's some, I guess you've already seen the suit, the bio suit. The bio suit uh, has like these little needles on it, so um, it ejects you with like this femtotech, but um, there's, like I said, the carbon pellets in the back to help you breathe if you need it, unless, you know, like super soldiers who typically don't need it. But um, there's also, you only need about 100 calories a day, so you can go out on Mars and start roaming around <laughs> be out there for a couple days and be fine but um so there's some of the different weaponry technology the uh the gun with the the, the uh, let's see see that right there that is the galactic this is a group from the galactic federation so they got their own super soldiers that symbol if you see that symbol that usually represents the federation um this is one of my clone bodies and uh, the federation's got a hold of it doing work for them too this right here is a knife um I think they call it the weapons of the gods, but it's a knife. It's a it's a ceremonial reptilian blade, and this this little serrated area actually there's like a, a spinning circle here that spins around. So um, yeah, don't want to get stabbed by that thing. These are some phaser weapons. Um, this is a food replicator, and um, I I'm gonna need to send this over to an artist to get a better rendering so you can see. I don't know if you can see all those words, but. Some of it's in German, and my German is hor horrific, so I'm not going to read those words, but NWRs, Nachwaffen, Regier. Um, as far as how this works, I am not an engineer, but it, um, I can read some of this to you. So it's like, here's the on-off button. <laughs> here's some, this means processing, it turns yellow, and the red button means it's ready. Oh, wait, I'm getting it back. Here's the red button, okay. Um, so then there's, here's some of the heat inputs. 
We've got, um, can operate on lower electricity amounts, but limited menu selection. So typically the food choices are not that great. Um, and at least on one base on Mars, the, the drink was tang. I think everybody's <laughs> drinking tang all the time. And the food, the meat um, usually doesn't taste that great, but that's why they also had, they, they would supplement through hydroponics. So like in Star Trek, you know, um, you can have like say I don't know cannabis edibles, but I don't know if you can do that here. But um, that, I think it's possible if, if, the, if the technology improved. See, in, in these programs, they didn't really want people to be well fed. They wanted to keep them hungry, so that way they would be motivated to go out and do the work. So theoretically, you could, if a replicator, you could eat whatever. You could, everybody could be fat and overweight, you know. Um, if, if, but theoretically, but uh, they don't allow that to happen, so they restrict the, the technology. And I guess the menu items as well that go with it. Um, James Jason Ring is another one of my alters. This one is basically, he looks just like me, uh, a little bit taller than me, uh, but he's 20 years older than me. So in a way, I'm, I guess I could be a copy of him. But he um, currently is stasis on the moon. A lot of the areas on the moon are being shut down. However, the moon is still active. So there's, I know there's some people out there who are saying that Mars and Moon are being shut down. I mean, they're actively shutting facilities down, but there's still the cabal is still there. Um, and going to the asteroids, as I said earlier. Okay, so I remember the um, some of these old tape drives from the '60s. So it wasn't really making sense. Why would I be if I was a super soldier? And that, of course, that goes into the time travel aspect because he's 20 years older than me, but he was close friends, or rather, I was close friends with um, JFK Jr., and uh, he would sit next to me in the terminal next to me, but um, he, the, the story that he relayed to me uh, before he died was that um, uh, Kennedy, after Kennedy was assassinated, that the, the, the two kids, um, Carolyn and John, were put into a... I don't know how much I should be telling you all this. Um, they were raised by um, somebody connected to Warner Von Braun, somebody connected to that inner circle, and um, uh, on a military base where he was subjected to a lot of MK Ultra. So his memories are scattered, but he remembers being on a dock uh, with Secret Service and crawling under the desk. Uh, you know that, that that picture, classic picture of the John John Jr. crossing. And then, um, so that those two were they were basically surrogated, Project Surrogate. And another copy was put into the public. So the guy that died in that plane um, in the 90s is not, he might be a Kennedy, but he anyway, wasn't the original John John Jr. You saw his pictures. That's the least the information was relayed to me. So what John wanted was to go to an alternate reality in which Kennedy was not assassinated, to get pictures of his childhood that he was not allowed to have. And uh, so in this reality, uh, there was nuclear war in 1982 because the military industrial complex was not given a, co um, a signal to wake up because, you know, killing the president, that was a huge wake-up call for the alliance or wh whatever group that represented the alliance at that time. So um, this bit, by the way, that's, that's a picture of him. Um, he died of a heart attack in 2017. But... Um, um, his code name was Horatio, and they declared him zero, DZ, as he always went by. Uh, here's the mission. There was a mantis. Um, I remember the, the, the water in the, in the facility. Uh, it was uh, in Greenland, and uh, some um, 
this bunker, this warehouse had all these pitchers, and there was a mantis in there, and I grabbed him and pulled him back to the portal before we got eaten. But um, he was really mad at me for a while for that. Anyway. Okay, so Thomas is another one of these memories, time tracks, connected to the Montauk aspect. And uh, through Thomas, um, I was handled by Heinz Humberg, who was uh, handled Kissinger's money. So there was a, an area on Mars. It looks like uh, there's a, cab, um, a canyon there, and um, there's these viewing platforms th- that these mansions can um, connected to, but the mansions are connected in, in underground, and it's very ornate um, like this. This is sort of what it looks like, a high ceiling, so you know Draco can show up in there, but... Um, they would f- force us kids to work in the, in the mines, not because they really needed it, but they just wanted us to be tired and exhausted. And they would come up to us to give us a little candy bar and say, hey, would you like to come and, you know, come work for us? And, and so um, um, I was treated as their toy, f- and then I was forced into telekinetic tricks for my, some of my abilities that I had. And they, once they developed my trust, they, they forced me into rituals. Um, there was this area uh, in one of their mansions that are connected to the heart chakra of Mars, where if they conduct these rituals, it would lower the vibration of the entire planet. And um, the checkerboard floor had this snowflake symbol that had kind of like a star, star David type pattern. Um, there was a granite altar and, and reptilians and robes, but the Heinz Humber, he was he could sh- I mean he looked humanoid, but he could shape shift into this insectoid like creature, and they, they had reptilian. They were like a really bizarre hybrids, so none of us could escape because they had the abilities to remote view anything that's around them, and um, so if these guys are shut down here on planet Earth, they can go to Mars. They've got copies of themselves there, so it's so just. Sending them to Gitmo and cutting their heads off is probably not enough. Um, anyhow, but it's connected to Five Star and a, umbrella, a subgroup in Umbrella called the Fallen Angels Group. And we're going to go into Umbrella a bit. But um, this is um, Umbrella is from an alternate reality in which um, Umbrella Corporation uh, created the Ouroboros, or not just created, released it. Um, Ouroboros was a mixture, um, I probably have in my notes, let's see here, that G viruses, yeah, okay. Um, so the reason why they made, okay, so Ouroboros created the zombie apocalypse, and um, the problem with the, the zombie apocalypse was if a super soldier got infected with the zombie virus, their body, their, I mean, they would die, but um, they these... Zombies would also have superhuman abilities. For instance, a person with a low IQ that became a zombie would just probably be banging on the door. Um, a person with a high IQ genius that became a zombie would open, the, be able to open and close the door. A person that was a super soldier that had uh, became a zombie could walk through the door or walk through glass windows and tele, um, have telekinetic abilities because they shut us. They keep us shut down here, but once. Once you're dead, the, the implants don't work. So they had a huge problem over there with these sleepers were all activated, and they needed to create hulks to go in there to exterminate them, and the hulks were, were immune to the zombie virus. Um, Rob Richter was, an, was a clone body of mine. They started, they experimented on him using a formula X10 Xylon XY, 
was the name that we were getting, but uh, they call it Frankensteining them. And um, the scientists um, in this facility um, would shoot him up with these, um, this, this compound, and he would usually die. They would put him in the regen tank, and then he would die and do that over and over again. So eventually they had to get a new fresh copy because it, it mutates the DNA. The regen tank does not fix mutations in the DNA. Um, so eventually they were able to perfect the formula. But each time he dies, it's extremely painful. And then uh, he grew to be about 12 foot tall. And, uh, and um, some of his abilities include earthquakes, uh, electromagnetic shielding, um, creating um, altering vibration, sound, light, time, even physical matter, and it could even fly away. So, um, so the reason why I'm mentioning that is because um, Black Shield down in uh, Antarctica was working with Umbrella uh, and, uh, to create these hybrids to do things like this. So they have the, abil the ability to, to make these life forms um, now what they're trying to do is see if they can compact all that down into a normal-sized human or, or maybe uh, some, I don't know, some old lady, some short old lady who actually has these superhuman abilities. So that, that's uh, the, the goal they're working on. So here's some different types of goos, and we're, we're getting near the end of my presentation. Um, I'm, hopefully I'm not over time, but I'm just keen to keep going. Okay. So we've got uh, the different types. We've got blue goos. Uh, blue is um, used for healing. Uh, green, and these are on the regen tank, so they put the body in the regen tank um, for X amount of time. And uh, these um, femto pastes would—they're um, like little tiny biobots—would go into the body and do different things. Uh, green goo is for healing and augmentations. Yellow goo was a mixture of goos for healing Hulk bodies. Red goo was for using to create cyborgs and create cybernetic implants. Um, but you don't want to put too much out because uh, it could kill you. The yellow goo, well, I guess uh, I guess I mixed up the fluorescent. Okay, fluorescent yellow is for his Hulk. Yellow is for stasis. Um, pink goo is for prolonged stasis. And the black goo is especially dangerous. It's uh, used for terraforming. And the problem is if it gets out um, and it starts replicating without any checks, it can create a, a huge environmental problem. Um, it also has some type of group hive mind consciousness where people that are infected with black goo, their consciousness is overtaken and they become more negative. Their IQ goes way off the charts, but they also seem to be more negative. Um, it takes away your compassion. It makes you feel strong. And then we have the translucent opal type goo color, and that's for memory wiping. So another one of my aspects is uh, Malcolm. Um, Malcolm is another... Um, I believe it's from actually from this reality, but it's another life track that I had. So I could be here in this body, but living another life in another body. My, my, it's still the same higher self. But Malcolm was uh, from um, Nazi Germany, and he grew up on a farm, and he was not able to really read and write. But he was a brilliant um, soldier. He joined the Hitler Youth. And um, when the time came, he was invited to go to Antarctica, and uh, they gave him a contract, and he wasn't able to read it, and he was too embarrassed to let them know that he was unable to read it. But the contract had to be signed in blood. So from Antarctica, he was sent to Mars to uh, part of the settlement process there. And then he was uh, modified into this cyborg. They kept giving him more and more cybernetic implants, 
which made him more abusive, controlling, and manipulative. Um, so the, uh, the image that you're seeing here, uh, the drawing, was from after a mission he did. Um, and he was sent off on a mission on Dark Fleet. There was a group of reptilians that they were attacking that had this AI virus that would attack cyborgs. And uh, it turned them into zombies, essentially. But he was able to survive for some reason. And he was in the um, back of the Umbrella Labs being worked on by these crocodile snouted reptilians, which I believe are called the Vlash. Um, there's like three different types of reptilians that you should probably be aware of, the Flash, Vlad, and the Vril. The Vril are um, these type of insects, insects that go into the eyes and it takes over, hijacks the consciousness of the individual and, and uh, drones them out. Um, the Vlad had to have to do with the vampire, vampirism, which apparently there are, their vampires are real. Um, typically, they behave themselves. They go to blood banks to get their blood. Otherwise, they get picked up and taken to underground dumb um, and sent away if they start killing people. Um, okay, so uh, these crocodiles, not a reptilians, are also working on me here. They're, they're using me. They're taking DNA samples of meat um, as a fresh clone copies to experiment out there. Um, and I've I've reached out to some of these reptilian, these crocodile smell reptilians, and asked them to stop. And and they're they they think I'm some kind of toy or some machine or something to just do whatever they want. They don't care what I think or want. Leaks to that end. I've already mentioned you know the, the light soldiers from the other alternate reality in which the Nazis won the war. But um, this is connected to the Black Shield. And Black Shield, it looks like um, it's connected to a bubble reality. Um, it has a very steampunk appearance, maybe built around the 1880s. So it almost seems like there's an alternate reality where Tartaria, how many people are familiar with Tartaria? Okay, that's about half of you. So Tartaria was a, um, an area in the um, just due east of the Caspian Sea, which um, became its own breakaway civilization from settlers from inner earth um, that brought to them advanced technologies, uh, humanoids that are maybe 10, 12 foot tall. And uh, that particular breakaway civilization had a very steampunk type appearance. And uh, in this reality, it was wiped from our consciousness through, they say, med floods, but possibly some kind of technology means to erase it from the, the planetary um, acoustic record so we would forget it. But um, evidence of this steampunk type era still exists in these other bubble pocket realities, such as with Black Shield that is subcontracting with the Nazi groups, and that's where you see like the Nazi signs there, as well as Umbrella, Mobius, Skyline. Skyline is a sub, as another one of these military contractors from a timeline in the future of cyborgs that created a cybernetic type timeline that's coming back in time, as well as Arc Corp, which is based on Saturn, and it's Arc Corp. Just it's it's like Mobius, which which is involved in time travel and so on, but uh, in Monarch, but based off-world on Saturn. Okay, so, um, as you can see, the, the main door has these symbols on it, and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the vats themselves, the beans are about 12 to foot, 15 foot tall, and it looks similar to that. Um, the room is um, a little bit on the cool side. Uh, there's not much sounds going on in there except weird creature sounds. Um, we, I managed to make telepathic communication with one of the scientists there. They said they eat seaweed burgers or something, and, and um, they have this special crystal-type computer. It has a normal, it has a, a monitor, a TV screen like we, we're used to, but the computer itself is some kind of quantum 
crystal computer. And um, yeah, so anyway, that com- those conversations are in the book. It goes in, we go more into like the RH negative bloodlines, what's going on with all that. But um, they were working on a project called the Blue Ranger, and uh, the tube was labeled S- 7S, Special Ops, Black Ops. And Blue Ranger had a mixture of dolphin, spider, um, there was, I think there was shark DNA in there, humanoid, and probably some of that leak sedata in the, the Atlantean bloodline. So um, he's about 12 foot tall, like I said, but he, or 15 foot, uh, I think he's actually 12 foot. Um, and now he's working for the Black Manta group under uh, the dumb. That's, that's the warlock underground, the uh, Black Manta is associated with them. But, um, okay, so let's go into the last slide. Uh, so another life track, I have no idea. I mean, these timelines so, uh, overlap each other, but this one is, uh, has to do with the Dolphin Super Soldier Program. And um, these dolphins volunteered to work with these children. So what they did, they took dolphin DNA, human DNA, cl- um, combined the, the DNA to make these mermaid, merman-type creatures, and they inserted our soul into it. And we were tasked to work with dolphins in these tanks. But what the um, humans, w- the dolphins didn't trust the humans, but they decided to try it out anyway. And what the humans would do is they would throw a baby in the tank with sharks, and they instruct us to go in there and rescue the baby. And once, you know, once they see they're, they're upsetting the children, the, the, the hybrid, dolphin hybrid children, the dolphins are really upset, and they just refuse to, to do anything else with them. So the program only lasted for 18 months. But um, as you can see, um, the name of my dolphin that, um, they gave, uh, that I merged with was Osiris, and they actually took my, some of my blood and mixed it with this dolphin. And... Um, in the, in the hybrid body, so so that way our soul could connect to it. So um, the the dolphins are apparently, like I said, it was shut down in the seventies, but uh, the bodies are are in a freezer underneath Sandy National Labs in some dumb. So they still got us down there, and that's the symbol that you see on the um, the dumb as you go inside. But um, yeah, the dolphins they know what's going on. Um, all right, so there's a copy of my book, Lone Wolf. Uh, yeah, back in the day, James Casbolt. Um, you know, we were we were in um, some programs. I, I, I do remember serving with James Casbolt, but um, anyway, that that was that goes back some time. So get, go check the book out. I, I mean, I only have a couple copies, so if you want, you might have to want one. You might have to order it, mail order. But also visit my website, SuperSoldierTalk.com, and uh, you can if you want to email me. Um, there's my email address there. So um, I'm assuming, do I at least have five minutes for questions? Or Okay, so let's go ahead and do some questions, and um, I'll do the best I can, you know, let, let's, let's see what we can do. Okay, go ahead. At the beginning of your talk, you mentioned Operation Paperclip, which I've been doing a little research on, and I was wondering if you thought that there's a possibility that um, the Nazis really did win the war in this in this reality, and that we're just not being told the truth. Well, I would say um, the public hasn't been informed. I mean, certainly um, the Antarctic Germans had entangled themselves into the board of directors here, and all, all of our major corporations, Boeing, Raytheon, and we got the board of directors of universities, and um, so we're all the, the the think tanks. You know, all the new research is coming out, so. Um, we've essentially we have been taken over, just the public hasn't been told. If that makes sense. Um, so, but the other thing is to uh, under Project Paperclip. So the so the Fifth Reich had their own programs for mind control. 
but also the cabal had their own programs, and the two groups were really not friends. They, there was this uneat, I mean, there was a truce eventually. So that's where the MK Ultra came in with the 1950s. That was the cabal's group, even though some of the Nazis were working for them. So there's different programs going on at the same time. Not all of them work together, and not all of them are friends, but sometimes they cross over. So yes, question. Yeah, my qu question is, uh, thank, thank you for sharing. Uh, uh, my question is regarding, is there a difference between, I've heard super soldiers refer to aliens or demons. Are they the same or are they different? And do these aliens or demons, I know some say that it's outside the body and then others say it's inside the body where it's coming through an eye. Is there what what is coming through? The, uh, the entity, whatever it, you may call it. It could be an alien. Uh, or, hmm. Is well, it going into the body or you're perceiving it outside yourself? When you communicate. You mean like as an avatar? Yeah. I mean, it, it's my same higher self. It's my soul in that body. Oh, so it's actually within that you're It's It's me. Yeah, it's oh. my same soul, but uh, we're, so, we're like, I'm splintered. It's like a splintered soul. Okay. And then you suggest that I, I think that there, you could be talking to other aspects of yourself, or is that true or not? Uh, well, if you're not being hijacked, that's the problem is that uh, if you're part of these programs, you're probably going to have that that nano goo, the femto goo net that hijacks your consciousness. So it's always good to verify, um, meditate. You could always, you know, switch, get your stuff from dreams. I mean, last night I mentioned that I had a dream journal and pages keep going missing from it. So it makes it really difficult to do research, but I'm doing the best I can. So uh, regarding. And when, he's, when you're dealing with these entities, are you able to command or direct them or do they obey or do, or? Well, do they, they lie or deceive you at all? Well, the thing is, when you say entities, I mean these are flesh and blood okay. aliens. So when I tell them to stop, they don't—they <laughs> do not stop. They keep they doing stop. what they want to do. So you can't control them at all. I haven't figured out how to do it. I've been—I'm trying to. It'd be nice if I could figure out a way to stop it, but. Uh, um, they well, got, this is question. Yeah. And then, uh, have you ever received any official recognition from the government? Agency. Well, I or in, in my presentation I mentioned that I got got some some information from DOD, but that's no, I mean, not like, official. Like an official saying, "Listen, we acknowledge." Mm, they don't want to. They, they wouldn't want to do that. I mean, they, that's three hundred thirty years I, of backstory. I know. I know why they wouldn't do it, but I was just wondering if they did do it. That's all. That's, that's yeah. Well, thank you. By the way, thanks. You're like a wealth of information, and we've. Uh, I think you could outlast us all uh, with stories, and, that, and they're interesting as heck. But uh, I question, could you give us a better understanding of like what an alternate bubble reality is or, you know, some, and I've heard of like, you know, parallel dimensions or something where there's, uh, you know, zombie worlds and all that, and try and all those different concepts get uh, get so confusing. I don't know if there's anything you can do to... If that's just Whoa. some time okay. and a lot of reading is going to cure. Yeah, so a lot of these corporations want to work outside of our time because for not only operational security, but also um, it, it allows them to be um, not subject to the rules that we face with like of our timeline. Um, uh, for uh, In the case of Black Shield, um, they, I mean, I, I'm not even sure what created these bubble realities. I believe they have, like, Mobius has technologies to create pocket realities. 
and um, the like the Nazis from the the other alternate reality where the Nazis won World War II is way more technologically advanced. So they have technologies to materialize entire regiments of super soldiers in, let's say, like the outback of Australia, and then it can disappear. Um, so um, here, you know, from, and it's kind of hard for us to understand how this works. I mean, they, even some extraterrestrials have technology where the inside of their ship is bigger than it is on the outside. And the in, so, so in the future, I think, you know, pocket realities, bubble realities will become more, I mean, when the technology is open to the public, will create a whole other aspect of interdimensional travel. But, I, I mean, I'm not a physicist. I couldn't explain how, where, how they're formed or where they come from. Yeah, I mean, maybe being in the third density or wherever, fourth or whatever, it's just a little complex for us at the moment. Thank you. Uh, my name is Matt R. Um, I've followed you for a few years. I've had my lab experiences, reptilian abductions myself. Um, you know, I can sympathize with sort of the knee-jerk skepticism that's been thrown at you because I was a guest on Project Camelot a couple years ago, and people just outright in the comments were like, yeah, I served on the New Orleans police from 2005 to 2007. I was in Katrina. I have documentation. I have proof. You can call the personnel department by my name. I've, I was on 60 Minutes, and yet people in the comments were like, he wasn't in Katrina. He doesn't look like a cop. It, it just that sort of knee-jerk skepticism where you throw out everything. Now, I still lean kind of skeptical in a lot of ways, but there is sort of an issue of wide-scale dismissal no matter what you say. But get, getting to the main point of what parallels your experiences and, and how it's a question is I was subject, the, the main purpose of my abductions were to help train, help train reptilians in crowd control. You mentioned crowd control actually at the, at the beginning and they were doing it in shopping malls after dark. And years later, actually this was like 2010, 2011, they admitted the, the FBI has been, has been doing this. They've been renting out shopping malls to train FBI agents in counterterrorism after dark. Because it's a great place. You got a lot of empty space. You can bring you know, anything in there and do whatever you want. But getting to the point where people talk about you know, undeniable proof. Uh, I've had things done to me physiologically just a couple years ago in a my lab that absolutely no skeptic can explain. At, at, after the age of 40, I had my color vision corrected. I've, I've been colorblind since birth. Not totally colorblind, but like partially colorblind like a lot of people. And people ask, well, how'd you get on the NOPD? Well, a lot of police departments have so many partially colorblind applicants that they have really easy color tests. They put like a rainbow. And most colorblind, partially colorblind people can, can look at a rainbow and say, yeah, red, blue, green, I can do that too. But this procedure they did, it was reptilian DNA put in my eyes, and it was done on a bunch of other special forces, and it was basically to give people natural night vision by putting reptilian DNA in the eyes, which sounds crazy, except anyone here can go Google, Dar Google DARPA and cat eyes, and DARPA has admitted they're working on a project to take cat DNA and put it in people's eyes to give them night vision. In my case, it was, it was reptilian DNA, but it cured colorblindness at the age of 40. And there's no skeptical explanation. And I think if they had known I was colorblind, it must have not ended up in my file, they wouldn't have done that procedure. Or they wouldn't have known, because no skeptic can explain that. Now they also did procedures on my, you've talked about muscles and organ transplants, and I had a stem cell procedure on my muscles, which is harder to prove, like, you know, uh, to reduce pain sensitivity. But yeah, uh, there have to be other experiencers like me 
who've had physiological things that happen that have no skeptical explanation, something of organs, something in blood readings, some, something like where a doctor looks at this and goes, what the hell, this, this is not, there's no explanation for what's going on here. Well, I mean, I, I showed some pictures earlier of some of the needle marks and cut marks. I've, I've got thousands of pictures like that. I'm, I mean, I stopped, I stopped taking pictures as too much um, to deal with. But, I mean, if you want some evidence, um, um, there's a, I have a rod-shaped object in my ear. I mean, we could, we could get it maybe um, tested out, but I, mean, I don't feel like getting surgery right now. But, um, um, so, I mean, there's really not much other than that physical evidence, but... Um, um, with I mean, other people you've interviewed, though, other cases of organs disappearing, reappearing, going to a doctor, and something in the blood work, something in x-ray, and they're like, this is totally well, one in a trillion, one in a billion. Well, I know, um, like, for instance, Dan McBowen said that um, he, when he's a U, uh, military vet, and he went to the VA, and um, he wanted to donate his blood, and the nurse told him, you're not allowed to donate your blood, it's poisonous, you can't have it. So, so there are, they, they're certainly keeping records of people um, with, the, with the blood banks, but um, perhaps even, maybe there's um, factors within even the RH negative factor that we're not even being told about. I mean, uh, there's, there's probably a lot within our blood that's not being told to the public, and perhaps maybe the research should be done there to differentiate who's human and who's not. Right, because there have to be other mistakes like, it, like they've done with me. Like, they, they would, did not intend to do something that impossible and just let me out the door. Like, I don't think they, re like, they must have just thought, well, he was a cop for two years, he must have, he, he's not colorblind. Like, this procedure reverses colorblindness while enhancing night vision. So there's got to be, I'm saying there's got to be other people out there with impossible physiological things that no skeptic can explain. And all, and all I get some skeptics is, well, it must be just be a one in a million, you know, uh, deformity that kicked in after 40, which is insane. Things don't happen at, like, 40. Your, your vision doesn't get better. But, Okay. Yeah, thank you.